welcome everyone to the 30th episode of the new gen mindset podcast uh i'm dan kozell here with nick tartaglia nick we are in the midst of probably the craziest uh events happening right now um and pivotal moment right now. pivotal moment right here and we've got a guest here and i think it's appropriate to bring him on long known him for a while actually we go back to the high school days um he's a very talented musician and he is also the founder and president CEO of the Post Millennial. We'll keep it really brief, but he is an absolute beauty and it is a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Welcome to the New Gen Mindset Podcast, Matthew Azrielli. Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, do you go by Cozy on this podcast, by the way, or, or what should I call you? I think whatever you want, man. I mean, that's what that's what the homies call me back here. Um, I guess the world will know me as Cozy moving forward. Dan, Cozy, whatever we want. That's how we're rolling, man. We could do we could do Dan and Nick. That's perfect with me as well, my man. So that's good, Thank man. You. Thank you for having me on. Awesome, man. So look, um, before we get into the nitty gritty of what's going on in the U.S., um, I just want our listeners to understand, like, why? How did you get to the point that you're at with your company? And what brought you to pretty much have a different voice, especially in Canada? It's, it's a good question. Well, you know, I founded my business. It was July 2017. And the timing happened to be really good. Um, the timing is really the thing that made this thing so successful. So for those of you who don't know what the post-millennial is, and this is the first time I'm really talking about this business in a podcast, um, founded this business in July 2017. And now... We're serving 50 million ad impressions every month. We are, you know, you're talking 10 to 15 million page views. You're talking six to 8 million unique users every month. Probably 60% of those are American now, 40% are Canadian. But even just those raw Canadian numbers alone, you know, that makes us probably one of the biggest newspaper, you know, equivalents online in Canada. And why did I start it? It was all kind of inspired by an argument I had with a buddy 2016, right after Trump was elected, uh, where I said that the EPA wasn't necessary, didn't make any sense because you could just appoint literally anybody to a federal agency. And in Canada and Quebec, we don't have, for example, for environmental purposes, we don't have uh, a random, unaccountable federal agent running all of our environmental policies, right? That would be absurd, right? It's legislated by the provincial legislative body, right? So just if you're an American, you're watching this, that's how we do it. Anyway, I said, that's what the Americans need. If they want to take environmental policy seriously, whatever. It was a nuanced argument. Uh, didn't My buddy didn't take it very well. He was running a huge Facebook group at the time that had hundreds of thousands of... Uh, you know, whatever, Pete members that has since, you know, shut down. And anyway, he mobbed me, he mobbed my wife. And it was a very like disturbing time mm. for me. And that was kind of the impetus mentally where in 2017, um, I sort of saw this opening here in Canada. And it wasn't even that I saw an opening, you know, I had a dream. I woke up from the dream and I thought immediately of this domain name 
And then I thought, hey, you know, maybe I need to meet somebody. And, you know, next thing you know, sure enough, I get introduced to Ali Tagba, who became my partner uh, by a mutual friend we had. And, uh, you know, we kind of just struck gold. And the rest is sort of uh, sort of history. Yeah. And it really was just timing, because at the end of the day, um, you know, there in terms of Canadian conservative media, it's either you're not conservative at all or you're like insane. Right. You're just a nutcase. Even by. Yeah, there's no in between. So, you know, we've done a good job of filling in that that middle set, that middle sector. And that's and by the way, we used Facebook. This is a whole thing. You know, I have, a, I have, you know, I'm buddies with, uh, for example, the guy who is running, uh, who runs Montreal blog in our city. His name's Chuck. He's a great guy. And we were talking about how the Facebook algorithm is favoring, you know, websites like mine. And it's really, 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 um, you know, I never would have been able to predict that, but basically the algorithm favors people who comment people who like who share so basically people who engagement so people who fucking argue all the time yeah that's what facebook you know unfortunately favors volatility it's like also the way you can compare it also is kind of like an an economic philosophy input versus output so the more input you add into the ecosystem it kind of comes back through the algorithms because it pushes you towards the front exactly so if you're commenting on a page frequently you're going to see the page, right? If you're, and you know, another thing that we pointed out in our conversation this morning was, look, left-wing people get baited into commenting and attacking right-wing content, but it doesn't necessarily go the other way, right? Right? Right Right-wing people will not get baited into that, but they will get baited into believing, you know, for example, my, because they trend older. So my wife's Bubby, her grandma, was telling us, Matthew, don't eat avocados. I saw on Facebook, you eat <laughs> avocados, you get cancer, you're going to die. I'm like, you know, uh, you've been eating avocados your whole life. You know, like, never mind that, right? Like, never mind. Like, maybe you could eat avocados your whole life. It's like smoking. Let's pretend it's as bad as smoking, right? My argument against her, uh, her point wasn't exactly you know, so great probably at the time because what I'm going to argue with my wife's grandmother about fucking eating avocados. It's an absurd, (laughs) what am I going to do? But, you know, it it just, it gives you that perspective of, you know, these are kind of faceless algorithms. They don't fundamentally care about human interactions. They care about selling people as many ads as possible. And if you're selling ads at some point, you have to actually have content that keeps people on the platform for better or worse that's what we that apparently that's what we are We're, i think are it, when you look i think when you look at the ecosystem in terms of like the human dynamic component when you look at the way that people it's like a self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecy the more people engage like think of it sometimes when something goes on youtube you search up a topic and then you kind of go into this like loop of like obs- of like obsessing over a topic so when you go on like instagram you look into certain things then you start going into subcategories and your indulgement in it continues to fuel it back so the more you put a negative behavior into the algorithm the more the algorithm feeds that negative behavior well unfortunately um anger is the strongest driver on facebook right and again is that something that we tap into 
Not necessarily, actually, because there are other hacks you could use to get engagement <laughs> on Facebook. And those are hacks we use. Uh, an open secret. And take this for all it's worth, everybody. We don't post on the hour. You're never going to see me posting on the hour. You're never going to see me posting every half hour. Okay, I'm not going to tell you when I post, but I never post then. It's part right? of the strategy, right? Exactly. I, I was, you know, you know, when you remember in high school when you were taught how to properly look up sources on the internet? I think there's a new trend that needs to be built in the educational system where people have to be taught or at least helped learn to filter information on that, that level that we get from the social media because there's so much information, but we're not filtering. Well, you know, disinfo, for example, misinformation, that's a big, big, big issue on the left. I mean, but here's, here's the thing, and this is the curious thing. You know, we're living through probably the worst global depression recession right now yeah. we economically we, we can support it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's not about economically can we support it or not but let's talk about the base concerns that most americans and canadians and, and other people have which is being able to feed their families feed themselves and actually have a job have a business if but you that's have a business right the now, economic principles yeah on, right, on the base exactly. of the economic foundation that we have right and I, and I think that there's you know a fundamental issue right now within the current economic order where if you're a working person or if you're a person in the middle class and you aspire to do better in your life, whether it's to get into the middle class or get into the upper middle class or just to get out of poverty, um, certain uh, issues that are extremely popular right now among the chattering classes, right, that are culturally relevant, that are culturally buzzworthy, they're not necessarily going to get you, uh, you know, they're not going to get you anywhere in terms of cash, Right. Like, for example, um, right now we're talking about, um, I guess, misinformation. I mean, it's an important topic. Think, it's, not the biggest, it's the biggest topic right now, for sure. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, here's the thing. If you obsess with disinformation, right, from, a, you know, from like a kind of a monomaniacal, a singular perspective where that's all you focus on, um, you're going to neglect the very real struggles that people are having. And, and, you know, where we did really well, and, and I'll give you the timeline and how we kind of built this thing. Basically it was just perfect timing because CBC, uh, our Canadian broadcasting company, their entire purpose is to service underserved populations, right? So if you are first nations or if you're Inuit, or if you're a rural population, for example, Alberta, Saskatchewan, you are supposed to be able to rely on uh, CBC to get your news. What we found very early on was that it was rural people who were coming onto our site. You know, you could tell just from Google AdSense, right? People who were, and, and Google Analytics. So people who were in low density areas who felt alienated by CBC running stories about American politics and American cultural issues um, and, you know, stories about Montreal and Toronto, right? Not local reporting the way they once had it, right? Local papers have been kind of going downhill. And so you've seen the digital disruption, right? So it's, it's digital disruption, but it's also simply the fact that uh, resources and money uh, have left the prairies, right? They've left rural America. They've left Western Australia to an extent, although that, there may be a little bit less. But the problem remains that you have industry 
driven areas, areas that are not based on the service industry, that are not based on retail, that are not based on this kind of post-capitalist uh, first world economy basis where nobody makes anything, everybody just pays A each consumer. other. We're a consumer market here. We're, we're all MLMing each other constantly, oh. right? It, it, I've all, never heard of that before. We, I know we, MLM meaning multi-level marketing here, but like, what do you, what do you mean by that in particular? Well, I mean, here, you know, MLMing. So at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to say is we're essentially taking out money right now. We're not even having our own kids in our own countries, right? So we're taking, and this is true, especially now that there are these huge COVID, COVID spending bills, but it was true before as well. You know, whenever you take out a large sum of money, okay, like let's say we want to start, you know, in, in America, a green new deal. We want to do green energy, right? Well, you're taking out loans to do that. You're subsidizing using uh, businesses, using taxpayer money. Printing and, money. And, and inevitably, well, it's not even necessarily printed because well, you're, you're, you're borrowing it from your kids, right? But then you're not the future from the future. Yeah, right. But if you can borrow it from your kids, but that assumes that productivity is going to increase. Exactly. Yes, and exactly. we don't know that productivity is going to increase. I mean, Actually, the, the, the trend, the trend shows. So and when you look at like economists and you look like the big top big boys of like Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, the thing is this. So like you were just saying, right, we're basically borrowing from our children's future. So right. the assumption is that as the debt load keeps increasing and incre increasing, the fundamental base of our economy has to produce enough going forward to compound in a way that it brings support to the debt load we've accumulated. But the trend is that millennials are far less productive by nature than boomers. As a consequence, the trend is that the gap is exponentially increasing. So our productivity as a generation, once the boomers pay pass away, will if it's not now, once that generational shift occurs, our generation alone could become the collapse of the system itself, economically speaking. Economically speaking, because we're not productive by nature. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. So when we talk about nature, when we talk about all of these greater philosophical questions, for me, that's fundamentally disinteresting because there's no way we can we can tell necessarily, right? I mean econometrics, if you use that. You could. It's yeah, the quantification yeah. of human dynamics through economic data. Again, and, and fair enough. And I'm sure that you, again, an argument probably can be made. But for me, that's not really the question. My, my personal ideology yeah, yeah. is that, look, at the end of the day, you know, and this is true in real estate. This is true in any other industry. You need to have people in your society. And we don't, yes. we haven't built a society that values families, right? And you could be a family, you know, you could be uh, in a same-sex marriage or in a heterosexual marriage, you could be whatever, right? But the fundamental issue is, are you raising the next generation? Are we creating enough people that there's going to be demand for products, demand for services, demand for real estate and homes in the future, right? Remember, We have to make sure we can produce that demand also, not just artificially. Like the government, see, the thing is the government is now artificially creates that demand, which is why the printing, if you look at the economic data but, but now. The, but the government, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Because I listen, Dude, let's get heated, guys. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I, go, go. No, no, it's fine. No, no, we're good. I, I but at it. the end of the day, I, I don't think that it's necessarily artificially stimulated. I think that people decide what they decide. I mean, we could argue, you know, the, when the you know when the government, for example, in the United States, they fund the military. 
you know, and they, you know, they give, they pump tons of money into the military. Is that, you know, a legit demand? Does that actually produce, you know, for the yes, economy? But, but, but the thing, the thing you have to, no, no, hundred percent agree. But the yeah. thing you have to look at is this, is that the bed frame of our economy is fueled through expansion. Expansion comes from people being productive and then people consuming. The issue is the consumption part explains our heavy debt load as an economy. Okay. It, it drastically explains it. So it explains it. That's literally the biggest correlation is our consuming market I, is far greater than our productive market. That, that, so hold on. Yeah, that, well, yeah, you're, in, in a nutshell, you're right. But why correct. is that? Because we don't oh, have no, enough no, people. No, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, this: We're you great. don't want to, you don't want to necessarily just increase the output of the population itself. What you also want to do is increase the power of the economic agent. So as an individual, you want to say, guys, we need you to understand the value of your dollar. Stop spending ridiculously. Stop giving more money to the government as though somehow they're the ones who are always going to solve every problem. Stop increasing taxes. Stop taking money for every freaking reason and never solving an issue. Let people put their capital to work in a better way. It increases productivity. It improves the balance sheet. Uh, if every single balance sheet of individuals are healthier, the economy as a whole becomes healthier because it's a collective output. Listen, fair enough. Anyway, cozy. I'm, yeah, we're yeah you were saying. We're veering on. We're going on a tangent here. Hold on. No, let's, no, no, yeah. no. But let's let's yeah, let's get back. Let's get back to to basically the family, right? I think that's a very. Right. It's, you brought it up. It's a very interesting topic because I've had discussions with people. Let's stop talking about economics for two seconds. Let's focus <laughs> on the family. The nuclear. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm not an expert on that, right? Mm. Like, in, right. You know, so I'm not. You know, I. I don't you know, you are an expert. You are an expert at identifying social trends, right? You could say that. So well, moving forward, especially with what's been going on recently, you know, where do you think we're going, and why are we going this certain direction? I don't want to get like I don't want to get too philosophical, but just from what you're seeing, using the analytics that you have, mm -hmm. using all the stuff that you're seeing, like, where do you think we're going? Uh, what's your observations? I, agree. Yeah. I mean, for me, if you want me to project way out in the future, my, my personal belief is that, look, we're interfacing with the world using ideologies that were developed in the 1800s and the 1900s, right? Fundamentally, that has to change because these frameworks are no longer completely, you know, applicable. I mean, it, it would be as though it would be the equivalent of in the 15th. Well, it would be it would be the equivalent of if Stalin and Hitler fought over religions as opposed to ideology. Right. We need to graduate. We graduate from religions into ideologies and ideologies are going to graduate into something else, something completely different. Right. I um, you know, And I think that part of how we will interface with that is what world we're living in. And fundamentally, what you're seeing right now through the Internet is that completely different meta narratives have developed for different groups of people. Right. And it's it's idiosyncratic to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. It's like niches you know, so of niches. Niches of niches of niches. Right. Exactly. So, but here's the thing, you know, that's where. So that's why, you know, for example. Uh, conservatives are very into starting their alternative Facebook, alternative <laughs> Twitter, alternative <laughs> YouTube. It's like that doesn't make that doesn't work. No. What you actually have to because at the end of the day, people are people are where they are. I mean, parlor might be an exception, but we're going to see. But, you know, even, you know, if we're talking minds, although I know Bill from Minds, he's a great guy. Thinks bottom, you know, I know them, too. And 
and uh, locals with Dave Rubin, even though that kind of sounds like a, a dating site, doesn't really sound like a social <laughs> media site, locals.com. That's what it is. It's his Patreon replacement. If you started a Patreon replacement, would you call it locals.com? That's crazy, right? Sorry, Dave. You're, you're <laughs> terrible name, though, man. What were you thinking? Anyway, all, all that being said, you, you can't create new pl- entire platforms. That's like me trying to create. That's me trying to build Noah's Ark all over again, right? We are currently in the Ark. We're in a sea of nonsense and beauty and ugliness and knowledge all at the same time it's all around us like water and we're already in noah's ark so the only thing you can try to do is to establish your own framework your own meta narratives within the ark so what does that mean um you know to dig that to dig into that a little bit deeper it's 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 about going back to basics right there's nothing super sophisticated about my website, right? There's nothing sophisticated about a website that just does news and it does it efficiently. It doesn't overspend on, you know, we don't have print costs. We don't have distribution costs, right? We just do the news, mm-hmm. right? The people who work for me come from all walks of life. There are some journalists who work for me, but the vast majority of people come from, you know, they really, a lot of them were very left, far left leading individuals who essentially said the wrong th- thing, if it was gender theory or if it was something else. And then they were completely kicked out of their communities. They were completely mobbed out, you know, mm. and they lost their livelihood. They, they got, they got, they got red pilled at that point. as they Well, but, you know, we call it red pill, but at the end of the day, so it's, it's super cool when you get canceled at first. But then it just sucks, yeah. right? Then it just sucks because who who do you have? Who's your family, right? Who are the people you can actually rely on? So, you know, it's one thing to get red pill, but there is an innate sadness with that, which which is essentially like, man, I see the world through such a particular prism right now, right? How do I, you know, and that's why me personally, I see, you know, I almost, you know, me personally, the only thing I really believe in, frankly, is is like my Judaism almost, right? But even then, I'm not faithful enough in it. But okay. at least, the, but at least having a religion like that from a couple thousand years ago enables me to think, well, you know, I can be irrational about certain things, right? I can refuse to eat shellfish. I can, uh, if I ever become a farmer, I'm going to have to cut the farm up into seven different pieces. No and pork. Let, no pork. Let, let the farm lie a seventh uh, fallow, circumcision, all the rest of it, right? You know, and do Shabbat and, and keep kosher in general, as we were talking about. But I, at least that gives me a kind of a fence. I can fence my irrational, my, my irrational um, animus, and I can look at the world and I can say, well, you know, what, what are the absurd things that are believed on the right and on the left? Um, and there are so many ab- absurd and completely irrational things fundamentally that both on, si- on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that both sides believe. And, you know, I, I look, the only thing I can promise to do is to just be honest and to speak the truth. Right. And as, as best I know it with the facts that I have and what are the facts that I can present that other people aren't presenting ultimately that's the best I could do, but circles to square the circle, you're not going to build Noah's Ark again, but what you are going to do is you're going to do your best to do basic things, simple things well, because that's what honest people do, 
right? Because Jesus they have nothing was, to hide at the end of the day, right? They have nothing to hide. Listen, exactly. Jesus was a carpenter, right? So, you know, and, you know, that's that was something that was common to religious leaders at the time because it wasn't viewed as being a religious leader was somehow something you were paid for, right? Like a, like a, like a big-time pastor is in the United States. If you have ideas, those ideas cannot be the only currency that you have. You have to trade your value in a way that actually adds to people's lives. And so, you know, what are, what are some of the biggest stories on my site, right? It's the weather, right? <laughs> it's, it's police scanners, right? These are some of the biggest stories out there, but because right-wing and left-wing media are, are dogging everybody, okay, online right now, national politics is consuming everybody. American national con- politics consumes Canadians. Yeah. So what happens? What happens? You end up in a position where I'm in rural Saskatchewan and I want to know what the fucking weather is. And some at the time I was 22, 23 years old. Now I'm only 25. But some 23 year old Montreal guy wants to tell me what the weather does, what the weather is. And CBC, the government service that has a billion dollars funneled into it of taxpayer money every year. They, they, they have such contempt for me. They, they so don't want to serve me that they won't even tell me what the weather is like, right? They want to tell me about like how great it is that, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything too controversial, but they want to tell me how great XYZ cultural issue in America is this or that, you know, left leaning, you know, advertisement for Gillette, right. Or for whatever. <laughs> else right yeah Yeah. so so basically this is this is the beauty it's like you've connected with the ordinary person in canada and you've done it in you've done it in a very simple way right yeah i i think so you know and in the united states by the way where do you see where in the the united states you see more like people coming towards your uh, your stuff so we do very well in blue areas of the united states that have that kind of because but, but who makes our content at the end of the day, you know, I have people who fundamentally are very intelligent and they're, and they come from progressive backgrounds. You know, if they had to vote, maybe now they might vote O'Toole, right? Cause O'Toole's, you know, he's not, he's not actually, I mean, you know, and no disrespect to Andrew Shear. I know Andrew Shear personally, he's a very nice fellow, but none of, nobody feels passionately about the milk lobby. Right. So, you know, in, in years past, you know, we would have all voted NDP. First first uh, guy I ever voted for, I think, was Layton. I think that was the first federal election I was able to vote in. And, you know, that was who I voted for. You know, I, I think that there's a real um, disruption into community. Right. Yeah. We're all here on the Zoom call and we're talking to each other. And that's something. But we were alienated and isolated way before this pandemic even happened, right? When I'm sharing ideas, if I'm an elderly person, I want to talk to my grandkids and I want to understand how the world is changing through their eyes. But if I'm not talking to them, if I'm stuck in a home or if I'm stuck, again, in a rural part of the country where I'm not connected to other people, the internet is my only means of communicating with other people. You know, I, I look at, you know, I get my articles, independent articles of mine, We'll get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of shares. Okay. Graphics will even too. Okay. And I look through a lot of these shares and some of them have some likes and reactions. A lot of them just don't. A lot of them are just shares and they have clicking away basically. Right. Well, people trying to show 
other people what they're seeing See, through their thinking. eyes. Yeah. I share. Be- I share a lot of things. When I like something, I tend to share it more than I like it or anything. But here's the thing. You have a network, right? An older mm-hmm. person doesn't necessarily have that. And we've replaced a real sense of community with this artificial sense of community. Mm-hmm. So going back to the question you asked me before, when we talk about what is you know, what do I see? What do I foresee in the future? I mean, I think that there are so many different directions. It almost doesn't behoove us to speculate, but I feel like there will be a reaction to this Mm -hmm. where we hopefully become more localized, where we say what really matters. It's the people near me in proximity to me in my life. Right. I mean, our grandparents, you know, the average distance a person would travel, you know, or the distance that people would live in when, you know, before the car was invented. Um, it was like, you know, your great, your great grandma, your great grandpa, not in my case, but you know, the average Canadian or American's case, they, they grew up like five, 10 miles away from each other, max. And that right? was it. They would that just walk it. snow, shine, whatever, summer, whatever, whatever. It imagine, was. How, imagine how many commonalities you would have with somebody who grew up so close to you. Right. Imagine yeah. that connection. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy and I'm so lucky to be married at the age that I am. But it's not, it's not only between ages, it's between men and women, right? Men and women are totally polarized on things, right? So yeah. men are reading, you know, conservative content. Niches women, of niches, always. Niches, n- niches of niches, but you know what it is? It's preventing us from being able to connect yes. with each other as yeah. human beings. And, being, it's like know, marketing, you know, cl- being classified. And then it's like, well, I'm this and you're that. But there's always a middle ground. Right. And so... What I wanted to do when I founded this publication is I wanted to say, look, there are conservative people. You know, I guess I'm a conservative person. We're not monsters, right? But we, there isn't, there wasn't, before I came along, at least in Canada, there wasn't anything in our ecosystem that said, okay, you're a conservative person. You want a balanced budget. You believe in law and order. You believe in, you know, uh, traditional family values, however that manifests, okay? And I'm not here to judge one way or another. But what I am trying to say is we shouldn't try to project hatred or animus. On, and I've been using that term so much today. I don't know why. <laughs> we, we, should, we shouldn't be, be trying to, portray, pro, to project a threat onto other people like the other. Right. I mean, you go into rebel news all the time. And I wonder if Ezra LeVan will listen to this and sue me. Look, because he sues everybody, by the way. This guy's litigious because he's uh, whatever. Anyway, because he, <laughs> he's very incompetent. Right. Like in three years. You know, I built a site, sorry, that's six times the, you know, his website he tries to poach my people. He's completely unsuccessful at it, unless they're totally incompetent people, in which case I let them, you know, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you let them go, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to take, take this guy who can't even speak, read or write English? Yeah, have fun with this fucking guy. <laughs> I, don't know what I was doing with him. Swear to God, true story. You want to take this Marxist? Go for it. Anyway, all that being said, um, you, you you know what what did the rebel do what was their big problem they projected hatred against you know transgender people against muslims against minorities at the end of the day you know if you don't have any kids right what are you doing hating hating people who are coming to this country because they want to create a better life for their children yeah. right who have traditional values themselves right like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me um and, and so I wanted to create a kind of platform that said, look, uh, this country is getting more diverse, but guess what? 
it's getting more diverse. That doesn't mean it's going to be any less conservative. As a matter of fact, the opposite is probably going to be true. And by the way, yeah, I agree with pretty, that one. I, I've been vindicated in in many ways. And I'm sorry that the lighting is so garbage behind it's me. Okay, not, it's okay. Don't worry about it. On a technical level, I'm not your your best guess. Okay, <laughs> but but look, because I'm I'm literally on my phone. But look, <laughs> I'm getting calls at the middle. Of this <laughs> but, but, but look, the, the the thing I am trying to say is. Um, you look at look at this recent election where border counties voted in favor of Trump, where Trump lost by 30 by 60 points or some something absurd and only lost by 5%. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot of people who are uh, minorities of one kind or another, you know, I think that they're sick of being told, hey, you are a minority. And therefore, mm-hmm. according to white liberal dogma, you have to feel X. You have to feel why. I think a lot of people have that, you know, I think we miss a lot of things in the media when we try to say identity group X feels Y. Because guess what? People are individuals. And, you know, I'm not only a Jewish person. I'm a Jewish person with a a family. I'm a Jewish person with, uh, with friends, with, you know, a business, employees who depend on me. So, you know, all of these things go into my identity, right? I'm Canadian. I'm so proud to be Canadian, right? I'm so proud to, uh, to you know, uh, you know, to be part of this country, to be in Quebec, to be in Montreal, right? So that's what I'm trying to say. I think at the end of the day, the thing I'm, what I'm really trying to say is, we, we should all just be fucking nicer to each other. hundred yeah, percent. I wish we all could be nice to each other. I wish media wasn't a fucking slag, but unfortunately it is. And I don't know what to do about that. I hope that well, we've actually it, you it know, goes, made things nicer, but it, it goes, it goes back to what you said. Here are the facts. Here are the evidence presented. You got nothing to hide. If you got nothing to hide, then you're not going to be a dick to somebody. Right. Well, you know what? I think that a lot of people are afraid of sins that like real or imagined that they may or may not have committed. Right. I think that we've taken a lot of religious concepts, right. Original sin, for instance, and we've transmitted them into a secular fashion into, into, uh, you know, the current marketplace of ideas. Right. So that every man is innately misogynistic. Right. Every, uh, you know, every man is innately an oppressor, for example, for, you know, as an example, you know, at the end of the day, that that creates an innate divide between men. Yes. And women. So I, I, you know, we have to acknowledge that everybody's coming at each other with completely bullshit preconceptions that they developed as a result of interacting through other people through the Internet. That's not how we have evolved. That's not how we evolved. No, like that. when you were talking about the whole um the uh, subdivision and the way people are they, it, like the political game kind of plays like the same marketing game. Marketers advertise using feelings. They try to make people, they classify people, they, you know, they sub niche and right. niche so they can co- continuously expand their market. The, the political game has the same concept. It's a political marketing game. They have to create identifications and categories in order to appeal voters. They play their own game. I mean, I mean, here's, I mean, here's the thing. And this is the question I have for you guys. But I do have to go. So this is a yeah. question or will leave us on. All right. <laughs> I like this. Short Does anybody actually when somebody when you argue with somebody on Facebook, mm. are you changing anybody's mind? No. Are you do nope. you believe or or maybe we're signaling to other people who are lurking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, one we love the lurkers. 
Yeah, like scavenger birds. They 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 wait for you to say like you'll go weeks with nothing. You'll say something all of a sudden that was a little open ended, and boom, they come in. They attack. But anyway, well, no, no, no. Or lurkers, people who even agree with you, right? People mm-hmm. who will message you okay, and say, okay, and I, I really agree with you're doing with what you're doing. I think you're brave for doing it. I would never do it, right? Like. Are, are we changing people's minds? Do we want to fight with people? Like, I think about what got me into this whole thing in the first place, and it was me getting fucking, you know, death threats against me, death threats against my wife, because I said the EPA was an absurd uh, legislative body. It didn't make, it doesn't make sense to that federal agency. I, <laughs> I stand by that comment, by the way. So it was a very you know, logical approach, too. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and now people argue not over nuanced things, but about essential things, about mm-hmm. basic truths. So, so, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, what what is some, some of my questions? What are our North Stars? What are the things that we know are true that we that cannot be negated? And, you know, how can we learn to be kinder to each other, especially after the results of this American election? Ambiguous as they're going to be, it could be very dangerous. This contested uh, ballot stuff, everything that's going on right now, you know, um, how can we learn to kind of not take these meta narratives that we've had, that we have on the internet? How can we learn to not take these ideas that are not real ideas? They're ideas that we've learned not from interacting people with people in real life, just purely through text on a screen. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we take that and be nicer to each other? Okay. My phone's probably about to die. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, that was honestly, that was short and sweet and to the point, man. We appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to, we're going to continue this debate or yeah, this we'll discussion. Have, we'll have we to continue this another time for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, it'll be my, it will be my pleasure. I'm sorry. We didn't talk about more current events. I don't know worry. Well, we have, it. we have the rest of our lives to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> God willing. And hopefully God willing, they will be long enough for us to have another conversation. Exactly. Okay. Amen, brother. Nice All to right. see you. Thanks for coming on. Ciao. Right. Good night. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. So look, let's wrap this up here. Uh, yeah. Nick, that was interesting in a way. Yeah, I know he's a busy, he's a busy guy. Yeah, so of course, hundred percent. You, you got to give him credit for for, for giving us his time. Um, but it's I always it's I, I like it, I like I like getting angles. You know, it you he, he has an ecosystem that is massive, and it's yeah. it's nice to be able to see someone's perspective through their own ecosystem, what they're concluding, how they're thinking, what they're seeing. It, it, it helps people. You ha- That's the only way to adjust your perspective of life is by seeing how others are seeing things. I agree. And so, you and him, you, but you and him had a nice little good debate. So yeah, yeah. But you know, but that was more, we're going to go a little more economics, you know? So, because my, my angle of things is more human dynamics in relation to economics, you know, kind of like with, um, with uh, germinal, that's more of my angle, and then I reflect that into my, you know, financial market stuff like that. He's a never, he's another angle of maybe. things. And it's cool because he, I'm going to learn things about people that I don't observe because he observes them. And that is where everybody should be going. So guys, all the listeners today, I mean, it was a short, short and sweet episode. We're definitely going to have Matt on mm-hmm. back uh, because he, he's got so much stuff that he's working on too, that I'm sure by the end of this chaos that we're witnessing, um, there's going to be more data that comes out that we could actually see and assess what the hell is going on. So Check us out again, New Gen Mindset Podcast, uh, newgenmindset.com. And uh, check out our newsletter. We send those out every week. 
And uh, Nick, any final words, my friend? You know, what's crazy is that people like this, people that want to have a conversation, who want to hear other perspectives and want to share it with their ecosystem, it's, it, it, we need more and more of this. This is going to have to become more and more because this is like a pivotal point as we're observing. Things are about to change, like completely change. And um, we're in it. We're in it for the long run, my friend. Mm -hmm. So guys, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Ciao, Stay guys. Stay safe and be well.